0: Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at FiveStarChemicals.com.
1: Dr. Moore!
0: Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Exactly.
2: (laughs)
3: All right, everybody, welcome back to another handsome episode of Doctor Homebrew. I tell you, it's a, it's a miracle that we're still on the air because I just almost knocked this bottle of water right over <laughs> on the mixer. Um, actually, I did knock it over, but I never uncapped it. Uh, yes, I did say water, and uh, that would be the end of me. This is like this is the the high end mixer. This is the the one that needs to be encased. It needs to have one of those like incubators for, you know, preemies where you have to put your hands through the gloves and then operate, that whole kind of thing. Uh, that's what it needs to do, but uh, the, we way need- we, the way we have beverages around here, we can't control ourselves.
4: Get that thing safety sealed somehow, yeah. Puck yeah. cover. Just bronze it and get it, it done. Yeah. <laughs> you can't move the knobs anymore, but it, hey, whatever. Who needs to move the knobs? It's all automated
2: these days. Set them once and it's good.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Anyway, this is Dr. Homebrew. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Before we get started, I want to thank our fabulous sponsor, Five Star. Five Star is our main sponsor for the show. What is Five Star? Well, if you don't know, you probably shouldn't be homebrewing. Go to FiveStarChemicals.com and check them out. They make cleaning chemicals and sanitizing chemicals that are uh, hands down the best on the market today. You ask for them at your local homebrew shop. If you are unsure, your local homebrew shop will walk you through all the stuff. If you don't have a local homebrew shop, head on over to 5starchemicals.com. They have little tutorials, little uh, bits and bobs and uh, cool little articles and stuff about what they kind of do and, and uh, what their chemicals do. And they have a lot of you know a lot more products than just cleaning and sanitizing. So check them out, 5starchemicals.com. Give them a lot of love. After all, the best way to make great beer at home is cleaning and sanitizing.
4: Not just one or the other.
3: Right. Not uh, one, not one, and the other at the same time.
2: Uh,
3: one, and then the other, or neither, <laughs> or neither. <laughs> you want to make that sour beer, and then uh, and then you move on to fermentation control. I mean, you know, it's just it's that's the number one thing. You can you can have all the yeast in the world, but uh, if you're not clean and you're not sanitary, you're not making good beer. I'll tell you that. Trust me, I know, I know these things. Yes. I also want to thank our sponsor,
4: Brew What is Brew Toad? You know, Brew Toad is Brian. It is a uh, a website where people can put in all their recipes yes. and have them easily searchable and accessible to everyone in the world. That's and right.
3: It's a cloud. Yeah, it's one of those cloud it's things. Cloud for your beer. It's
2: a big toad shaped cloud full of beer recipes <laughs> and great knowledge on how to make your beer good.
3: An acid. Right. And they uh, have acid rain? our score sheets something up there, like too, that, I think, right? They do. They have our score sheets. So, Bruto, go on Bruto.com right now, right this very minute, unless you're driving, in which case pull over, find a Wi-Fi spot, like a Starbucks or something. Uh, create your own free account. What they do, they are a cloud-based kind of website, Dealey Bob. I don't really know how all it works. All I know is you log on there, and you can load in your recipes. They have little sliders to tell you how you know where, what your ranges are for your gravity and all that kind of good stuff. Um, they have all the uh, ingredients already listed in. You kind of drop them down and say, oh, my recipe is this and this and this and this. And you load it up and anybody can find that. They can find it by your screen name. They can find it by your recipe title. They can find it by the style. So you can. So someone else can say, I want to brew whatever it is that you're brewing. I can go in the little cloud and search, you know, whatever you brewed, oatmeal stout. And uh, I can find your recipe right there. And I can brew it. And then they're actually working. Excuse me. I don't know if I can tell you this but they're working on a rating system so then if i brewed your beer i can go in and rate your beer and i can comment on it. shoot (laughs) (laughs) oh here come Um, their lawyers whatever it may not be it it may even be live by the time you guys hear this but uh they're doing some cool stuff over there so bruto.com check them out if you want to hear the score sheets and the um recipes from the brewers for for tonight's show uh as well as download the podcast from them too if you'd like um uh, check out bruto.com slash dr homebrew that is our little main page it's our little hub of loveliness all our recipes are there from from all the past shows score sheets are there most of them anyway and um, yeah all the shows so check them out you can you can actually see what we're talking about and see what we're working with and and uh, you know hopefully looking at the ingredients will will spark something cool for you guys to brew at home too and then maybe you can send it in to dr homebrew and then you will be posted on the page and th- and then it will be uh, full circle, an Boros. <laughs> <laughs> What's an Boris? Isn't it what is it? The snake that eats itself? How do it's you pronounce it? Auroboros. Yeah. Ar- 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 Bob-
2: are you sure you're supposed to say that word? The second no. I don't
3: know. <laughs> Maybe not. If you want to do it the uh, red dwarf style, it's Ross. and then and auroboros. then it just sounds sounds better. Oh. Anyway, did I mess it up? What is it? Uh, no, it's auroboros, no, no. isn't it? Aurora, Aurora. No,
2: that's the lights in the sky. Up.
4: Aurora Borealis. No, that's,
3: yeah, that's Aurora. No, that's the stripper down at the,
4: oh. the pink rhino well, or whatever. she named herself that I know that right. in the southern hemisphere, <laughs> the toilets swirl the other way. They do. I don't know what that has to do with the Aurora
3: <laughs> Boris, though. I don't know either. But uh, anyway, I'm pretty positive I said it right. I don't even care. I don't even care today. Uh, tonight, we have a couple good beers coming your way, right? We have a uh, beer from John... Herman, and then we have a beer from Jason Baker. John sent us a saison and then Jason uh, sent us an imperial IPA, my favorite style. <laughs> he sent me an email, he's like, "Well, look, dude, I really only have this imperial IPA." It's fine.
2: It's fine. fine,
3: whatever. I'll sacrifice. I'll lay down in the middle of the road for you. Jason, if you want uh, if you want good feedback, dude.
2: Oh, it's fine. It, it, you know, I'm here as long as we don't get like four of any one beer in a night.
3: Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. It was it was, it was pretty good because for the first couple shows we had just IPAs one after the other and then uh, I think we said something on the air we're like oh here we go another IPA and then we haven't had any for like three shows and then they <laughs> are happy to have another IPA dispersed yeah. periodically so when we come back we're going to be rapping with John and his Saison uh, or he says and or specialty beer and then he sent me another email he goes well it could also really be Belgian you know whatever he said I 19 or I don't know whatever so John doesn't know what it is so 16. we're going to help him out with that right um oh i should probably load my brake, huh
2: yeah mm. <laughs> better whatever. the other way
5: around <laughs> right
3: well we're not in mother russia so because that's where the brake loads <laughs> all right i'm gonna go uh freshen up some jokes here we'll be right back everybody it's dr homebrew
0: Star treatment today. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events Recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. CraftBeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer.
3: It's time for your medication. Uh, Dr. Uh, I love things. All right, everybody, welcome back to Doctor Homebrew. We're gonna get John on the line. We're drinking his uh, his Saison, his Triple Threat. That's what I just called it, because you can enter in like three different, uh, I don't know. I'm making fun of you. John, I'm making fun of you. Is that all right?
5: Yeah, triple threat. Couldn't be more accurate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How you doing, man?
5: Doing great. How about you guys?
3: Hey, Perfect. Thanks for sending beer, and thanks for calling in, man. Sorry to keep but you up so late. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so tell us about this, uh, about this beer here, man.
5: So my brother and I have been brewing for a while, and... Um, We've just started getting into beers from the brewery up in Placentia. Yeah, And one of them that we love is Cezanne Rue. And um, so we started thinking about how we could do something like that. And we normally brew very English or American-style beers. So this is our first time even really using Belgian yeast to begin with. And we happened to throw in three different Belgian yeasts into this guy. So um, triple threat for sure. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're really trying to figure out uh, how to use Brett. Um, did we did we find uh, there really wasn't a clone recipe for this beer online? So we kind of did it from taste. And um, just wanted to see if... Uh, honestly, we're, we're actually kind of hoping that there's some off flavors in it because we don't know how to identify off flavors. So I would like to be able to taste this beer with you guys. And if there is something that is off to know what that
3: means okay all right fair enough uh lee what do you think man you want to want to get started on this guy
2: okay pick pick the easy beer for the off flavor identification right so saison rue (laughs) i've had it a few times not recently i don't have like a rote memory of exactly what it's supposed to be like that said um, if you are you know, attempting to de novo clone this thing, you probably did a pretty passable job on the recipe. It definitely has some rye character to it, that nice sort of light amber color. Um, looked about right, had those flavors. Um, as to the things you added, the cardamom, yeah, I wasn't really getting a whole lot of that. Uh, maybe a little bit, actually, but not much. It had a ton of peppery females, so you know, all the Belgian yeast you threw at it are definitely doing something. Um, I picked up a little bit of the, the zest that you added in. So I think there was, uh, what was it, le- le- lemon and orange?
5: Lemon yeah. and orange, yeah. Lemon
2: and orange zest that you added? No, that comes yep. through a little bit. Um, maybe a little bit of apple and berry ester. Um, I got one thing that I thought was a little odd, but I do get in sour beers, you know, home- homebrew, well, commercial too from time to time, is this aroma It's almost a little bit like dill. Um, I'm not sure what it is. It's, it's to my mind, not one of the nicer things, but um, it's not that strong either. But I do see that in some sour beers. I don't know if it's too young or if that means some microbe is out of balance or what, but um, it does have a bit of that kind of aroma to it. Um, other than that, uh, since I don't know this beer exactly, but uh, it, it's sort of vaguely from memory, I think you probably came pretty close to... Doing at least uh you know, in the ballpark kind of clone on it, from what I remember. Um, pours a low white head, Fades pretty quickly. Uh, nice deep gold color. Slightly hazy. Um, looks pretty nice, though. In um, the flavor, got a lot of kind of red berry. A lot of peach ester. A little bit of strawberry <laughs> with it, too. I got a lot of esters in this beer right off the bat. With kind of a caramel malt flavor and some rye in it. It almost came across when we first, first tasted this thing. Uh, it's kind of dessert-like, actually. Probably a little sweeter than the original, although you said you did add some Brett to this, right? Right. Yeah, I wasn't getting a whole lot of that, but all that sugar will feed that stuff over time. So this beer is definitely going to change. I would expect the sweetness and the the caramel flavors to kind of decline over time. The Brett character is going to rise. Did get a lot of peppery phenolics again. Um, Kind of a low hop character, bittering enough to support. Um, probably pretty well the style for a saison, um, and 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 uh, just a step back a second from this sort of very altered recipe taken as a t- compared to a regular saison, I would say the the phenols may be a bit strong, but not I would say totally out of character. The ester character are strong, but again probably within the range you want. Um, and the body is, is it's a, little, it's a little darker, a little sweeter than most saisons, but you now given you put Brett in there, it's going to it's going to thin out some. I think it's a, it's a pretty decent shot at a, at a darker, rye influence, somewhat caramely-tasting Saison. It's actually pretty nice. has all the sort of yeast character you'd want out of that. A um, little bit of a medium body, kind of high for style, but again, we're expecting that to go away. Um, didn't really get any alcohol or astringency, although a lot of uh, some drying character from the phenolic finish. A little bit of creaminess, leaves the palate a little bit clo- coated. Um, I thought it was a very pleasant drink as is. You know, it was peppery and malty and caramelly, um, and a lot of esters. You know, it was kind of fruit salad-like again, rather than the classic lemony character, although there was some of that in there. Um, it led to a sweeter finish, less pungent flavor profile in the finish. I, it almost came across as being halfway to a beer de guard from being a Saison, you know, that sort of more malt-flavored kind of interesting yeast character as well, um, I got a little bit of brett in the background on this, but um, I'd be curious how old this beer was because there wasn't a whole lot of that, I thought. Uh, The rye did come through. um, Not a huge amount, but it did have some. Um, I think with a little more time, it should dry out now. The carbonation will probably go up a bit. It will emphasize both some of the more sort of brighter Saison characters at that point, uh, I would hope. And um, probably the brett nature might come out a little bit. Overall, given as this sort of a a um blind clone of a modified version of a classic <laughs> style, you know, it's a little hard to pigeonhole very well, but I thought it was a pretty good beer. It could be a little less sweet, um, uh, but it will probably get that. I gave it a thirty for a score.
3: All right. Which
2: is, you know, it's a good beer. It's a very good beer,
3: actually. I can definitely see some of the Saison Rue in, in there.
2: Are you are you familiar with that one?
3: Yeah, a little bit. I think I just had a bottle a couple months ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's a good beer. I, I do like it, and it uh, it is uh, you know a little sweeter than the the commercial style. But uh, I think you're
4: right; it'll get there. And color wise, I was trying to remember what the color is on the, the actual saison rouge. Is it a little darker than this?
2: I think it's a little. Uh, I, think it's a, uh, I think it's. a little... I'm remembering a lighter. You remember a little lighter. lighter? I've it a little darker, but okay. But I don't know. Maybe John can tell us. Yeah, John.
5: This is actually just about right. Just Um, about right. Okay. Yeah, And I'm interested, did you guys wind up uh, scoring it on the 16C for the Saison, or did you do one of the specialty categories?
2: I think we started approaching it as a 23 and then went to a 16C, and then kind of when we're talking later, figured, no, that probably should be a 16E, and then JP pointed out, yeah, your later comment, maybe we should do this as a 16E. So I would say we're a little malleable on that front. But it's basically approaching it as a saison with Ryan, specialty editions and brat, so yeah. it's Wonder- in the end it's yes it, it, it would pretty much settle into sixteen e from the way we're approaching it
4: <clears throat> yeah, I think judging it as as declared, you could probably put it in either either category and it'd be okay, but uh, some judges might tell you, oh, you should have put that in a sixteen e i I think that's probably the best place for it, but uh, you know a judge a good judge can judge it in a category twenty three and do just fine with it too, so yeah sure um. Yeah, we judged it as a twenty three basically when we when we did when we did go over it the first time, but like Lee said, it's not not gonna change much. Um right. so yeah, um the aroma the aroma was kind of inviting there. It had a brightly brightly fruity kind of uh sweet lemon like thing going on in there. Uh kind of a little low, kinda of earthy floral hop in there. Um esters are are up front and um yeah, kind of in the middle of the road, kinda of peachy and and um not um not super sharp or biting, but, um, you know, fairly smooth. Um, it does have a nice little rye-like spiciness in there uh, and uh, kind of a medium-low level. It's it's detectable. Uh, the malt is bready is with a little light toast and kind of sweet in there. Um, the declared spice, the, the cardamom is really is almost there. It's just really low levels. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if that's something that they use in in making that beer, but um you know uh it otherwise it's it's it has some uh it is somewhat phenolic and um you know it it smelled pretty fresh. So I like that about it. It smelled like a like a fairly young beer. Um and yeah, not much bread or anything going on in there, but there's a hint of that. Um it, it it does have this nice kind of rich orangey gold color. <laughs> we'll hold it up to the beer can for people watching, but yeah. It's um The had kind of a low off white head, uh, and it stuck around pretty well, though. It it just kind of rings the glass after a while. And um, mostly fine bubbles. Uh, You know, there's a little bit of haze in there, which is fine for a Saison, of course. Uh, You can see through it, it's not, you know, not unexpected in a beer like this. So it'll it'll be accepted like that. It's nice. yeah, if you filtered it to a brilliant clarity, <laughs> it would be a funny thing. Huh? <laughs> so yeah, and the flavor the the malt is rich and 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 sweet and and a little spicy. Uh, some bread and toast in there, kind of a you know semi sweet finish with a, a, a pretty. Uh, there is a pretty strong alcohol in there. You, you get in the aftertaste a little bit. Bitterness is medium low, just enough to balance. Good job there. Um, it is pretty estuary and alcoholic. The fruit. And the spice kind of combining in my mind made it kind of a little bit punchy, like a like a spiced sweet fruit punch kind of thing with all the, the esters and everything going on in there with the with a little bit of spice from from the rye and the cardamom blending together. Um, but uh, yeah, the spice was subdued, so that could've Fruit Punch. <laughs> yeah, like a punch, like a alcoholic fruit punch. Like a Hawaiian punch? Not a Hawaiian punch per se, but just like you blended some beer with some you know some fruity juices and i don't know yeah it's rich and sweet so it just it's just the impression of punch you know not really it doesn't taste like right, right, right. <laughs> a big bright red fruit punch kind of thing anything like that but anyway um yeah medium body has, it has a fair amount of alcohol warmth in it uh not not really creamy just a little bit of astringency maybe from the spice uh, carbonation is is a little low i thought it was kind of medium medium low um but with everything going on here i don't know if i'd if you push it up much higher you it would drive off some different flavors too and it might might work and it might not work i would think it um you'd have to do some adjustments to get it so the higher carbonation would work with this um i don't know what what the saison Rue carbonates too either so um i would have no idea i know it's yeah, pretty uh pretty highly carbon pretty pretty peppy yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's a good it's a good spice, specialty uh, saison. Um, it doesn't have that bright like biting like sharpness of a, a lemony sharpness of a of a, a traditional saison, but that's not what you're going for, and that's that's fine. Um, the aroma was pretty enticing. Had some of the softness you need for the style, but the the flavor, the elements in it are were a little more at odds. I thought so. I would <clears throat> you know try to keep some of that softness that you have there, and, and you know while retaining some of the other, key elements of the style, you know, the high carbonation, that dry quenching and, uh, you know, the subtlety and, uh, you know, the spice is really fighting to be noticed. If you want that to poke out a little more, you, you can bump that up or just drop it and don't declare it. It's, um, it's too, it's just kind of in the middle yeah. there. It needs I mean, to if you're go just one adding way or it other. for effect and you, you don't have to declare that you use cardamom just because you put a tiny little bit of cardamom, cardamom in there, That's First, what I'm you smelling. know, yeah, um, you don't have to declare it. If it's just something subtle that's not really standing out, that's the smell. That it has to be the cardamom. It's
3: the, I get a like a. I you thought said it was meaty or meaty. like like a yeasty, yeah. And I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that cardamom.
2: It could be, or it, it could, could be, be the Brett too. A that way, in combination with some Brett. I for mm. me the, the 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 I mean this is a complex, interesting, and very entertaining beer. Mm-hmm. I liked it a, a lot in some ways. The reasons I didn't score it higher were mostly. Um, for Saison style, and that is the base style, so you should be hitting these things, um, is a little undercarbonated and is too sweet. And with all the brett in the bottle, it's probably going to fix those two things, given some time. <coughs> um, but I'd, I'd be curious to know, you know, how old is this beer? How long has it been in the bottle? How did you approach fermentation? blah blah all those interesting questions about making a brett Saison.
5: Sure. Um, it's actually three months old. And we did a week and a half of primary with both the 550 and 570 yeast, the Le Chouf and the Duvel. Um, after that, we moved it to, uh, we actually put it into secondary and put it in with the Brett Brooks 650 for a month. Outside, I think it was, we're in San Diego, so I think it was seventy two degrees outside at that time, but we just kind of let it be natural and outside for a month, and then we chilled it down, transferred it to kegs and chilled it down, and it's been chilled down for about a month, a little bit more than a month now.
2: So is this a bo- uh, prep keg fill, then, as opposed to bottle? Yeah,
5: one? this is uh, we have the, the beer gun. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. I
2: thought it was the bottle condition. Well, it'd be interesting to see how that develops over time. I mean, if you keep it cold, it might not change very quickly. Right. If you bottle it or keep that keg somewhere warm and you give it some months or a year, this might develop into a very different beer over time. Interesting. It, so, it almost certainly would, given oh, what's in it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a very worthwhile experiment to do.
5: So is there anything in the process that, that we should talk about, or is it mostly just the use of yeast that... Because that, that was my that was one of my main questions was how do you get the most out of Brett? You know, is that the kind of thing where I need to leave it out
2: time. in the warmth for a I, while? That's my understanding is is time is is the thing number one, at least at least from where you're coming from with a recipe like this. Um it will take some time, it will eat some of those sugars, it will make some more interesting flavors, it will definitely dry out and carbonate up the beer. Um, other than that, there's a whole realm of stuff you can read about, you know, for turbid mashes and making lambic and the role of having starch in the beer and all that sort of hoo-ha, which is much about the other microbes as the brat. But um, that really doesn't apply here because that's not the kind of beer you're making. Um, I think for a beer like this, it's just some time and the opportunity to dry it out and to develop some more flavor.
4: And then, uh, yeah, I mean, also, you know, uh, dealing with the yeast and, the, uh, you know, it sounds like you're using using a blend of yeasts, but if you're just using a straight saison yeast, that it is notoriously finicky, and you want to really work to keep that yeast happy. And uh, you know, in your primary, you uh, want to do a temperature ramp towards it. You know, as it starting at slightly cooler, going to warmer temperatures. Did, did you do something like that in primary? What was your what was your fermentation temperature regimen there?
5: Primary, we started um, made a made a two liter starter with the two yeasts. And the reason we use those two yeasts is because the word on the street is that breweries has got some proprietary blend of these two yeasts. So mm-hmm. we we took those two yeasts and grew them up and then uh, started at 68 and allowed it to finish out primary there, then ramped it up a little bit to clean it out at 73. Uh, left it there. It was kind of one of these heat spells in San Diego, so we actually took it out of the, the – um, mm-hmm. The fermentation chamber, and just let it kind of rise, and and then we uh, put the bread in, and and that was that,
4: and put it outside. Yeah, I think maybe the putting it outside could have been something that affected it here too, and kept it a little sweeter because, uh, with, you know, I mean, even down there, the temperature variation, you know, it cools off a little bit at night, I'm sure, um, but uh, you know, that's that could make the yeast drop out a little, a little faster, and and not ferment down quite as far, but. Uh, you know, you might keep it warmer for a longer period of time at the end of that, and add your bread, and keep it on the bread even longer than a month, and um, let it go, dry it out, and do do some fun stuff with it. But uh, yeah, still, it's it for what it is. It's a good beer. I gave it a thirty, and uh, you know, I think it's a fun experimental beer, and and you can play around with different sugars, some honey or something in there. You know, uh, there's different ways to to dry it out further, and and uh, read the the farmhouse you know, brewing books kind of thing. And yeah, that's... Yeah. Or what's that book called? A farm... I think it's farm Farmhouse
2: Ales. Ales. Yeah. Ales yeah. River, yeah. 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 And you know, if you really wanted us to do a real accurate comparison to the Saison Rue, you should have sent us a bottle of that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at you. I love it. I'd take yes. it rid of the cardamom, yeah, but that's just me. It's taped to the bottom of a, of a Mercedes Benz, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think... Yeah.
5: So is the recommendation to get rid of the cardamom or to just not declare it or to...
2: You know, that's
3: my personal recommendation because that's all I'm tasting right now is cardamom. Interesting.
2: I, I would, I would give it the give it the time and let the Brett come out, let it dry it out a bit, and then see what it's like, and then make the judgment yourself. Is it the right amount or is it too much? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this beer just needs some time to time and a little bit of you know cellar temperature to hit it stride. Yeah, I don't. I don't then you then figure out how you might these want to rebalance
5: Off it. flavors that you talk about all the time, like acetaldehyde or dms or diacetyl or any of that kind of stuff that
2: you know no i'm not really getting any the only thing i got that was a little bit weird is that kind of dill character that i get in some sour beers and and you mean say on? um no mostly in sours and honestly i i just don't know where that comes from i I wish i did i haven't been able to figure that one out
4: it's just a little alcoholic but it's not to the point where i would describe it as being really hot it's kind of you know, almost almost hot alcohol, but it's not like I mean that you can you get a few of those from from using the higher temperatures you you have to use to get this, but um, it's also eight percent. Yeah,
2: yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, saison Rue is pretty big. Yeah, I, I just give it some more time. Um, I'm not getting a lot. It's, it's not like it's full of DMS, diacetyl aldehyde, no. acid aldehyde, diacetyl aldehyde, su- super supple dialdehyde. Yeah. Any of those things? I think you're right. Um, it's it's actually a pretty good clean ferment. Yeah. I, I find it interesting. You got that much phenolics in there, and you never put an actual saison yeast in this beer. You sort of imitated it yeah. with a couple of other phenolic yeasts and some zest. Yeah, the the usual saison yeast character, which is a pretty nice trick, actually.
5: Yeah, the zest was actually in the hop rocket as well with the with the dry hops. I mean, mm-hmm. with the uh, the flame out hops. So,
2: mm-hmm.
5: interesting little trick.
2: Yeah, no, it's a pretty nice cool. beer. See, Another
5: term you guys use a lot was phenolic, and, and is that a positive term, or is that a negative term, Phenolic's or can it be both?
2: Both. It's a class of flavor compounds, and it includes nice things like peppery in Belgian beers, or the clove and the Hefeweizen, and smoke in a smoked beer, and nasty things you get usually from contaminations like um, electrical fire, plasticky and band aid kind of nasty aromas you get out of bacterial infections or wild yeast infections. Chloroseptic. Chloroph- chlorophenolic, which is like chlorophenolic, <laughs> just horrible. So it's it's um it's a lot of things. In this case, I'm not I'm not getting any of the bad phenolics. It's all kind of the spicy, yeah. peppery stuff I'd expect out of those yeasts.
3: Great. Sound good, John?
5: Yeah. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate the the help.
3: Yeah. Sure. Well, you know,
5: hey, I just got to figure out how to get the bread out of my uh, out of my kegerator. <laughs> well.
2: Oh, that's very easy. You sell it to somebody else. And don't <laughs> tell yeah, them. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sending that in. It's a tasty beer.
3: Thank of you. course. Thanks, guys. All appreciate right, John, it. Take it easy, man. Thanks. Good beer, huh? Look at that. Once again, you guys are right on the money with each other. 30. There you go. 30s all around. Uh, it's time for another break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Jason Baker, and uh, we're going to take down some more beers. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang with us, everybody.
1: Downtown Joe's where everyone is welcome especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kaminsky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA but you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive brewing network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all home brewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person Of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoe's.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome.
0: Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz. More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making.
1: Now count backwards from 100. 99, 98.
0: Now back to Dr. Homebrew.
3: Alright, this is Dr. Homebrew, and we are on the downhill part of the show, everybody. We're uh, not only on the second half of it, but we're going to open a double IPA. Or an imperial. What is the difference, guys? Come on. What's the difference between a double IPA and an Imperial IPA?
2: Stylistically, absolutely none. It just says worlds about yourself. Yeah? How you name it, yes.
4: The double IPA is more of the kind of classic old school, like, microbrewery, homebrewer kind of way to call it. Yeah. The Imperial IPA is it's the for, way a beer judge would call it's
2: it. For pe- with the Imperial IPA is for people with attitude and plans yes. and, and you know, expectations, delusions of grandeur. And
3: plans. Yes. I like how they're planning shit now.
2: Right,
4: right. They're probably
3: good at gardening. <laughs> Jason, are you good at gardening, or or do you have plans?
6: Uh, I have neither, neither gardening skill nor plans.
3: Well, then what do you call it?
6: <laughs> I, I call it. I well now I call it a double.
3: <laughs> double it is. Correct Changing minds. Yes, right. All right. Well, thanks for sending your beer in, dude. Thanks a lot. Gotta go. No. Um, double yeah, thanks, IPA thanks for China. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for sending this beer in. First of all, really You're appreciate welcome. that. Uh, how long have you been homebrewing?
6: Uh, well, technically ten years, but that's kind of misleading. I was pretty bad at it for a while, so uh, about a year and a half.
3: no, 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 no. You can't just wash away nine years or nine and a half years or whatever you said about uh, you know of your bad beer. It's just it's all encompassing, man,
6: yeah, yeah. we were moving around a lot. I wasn't able to get a lot of equipment, do temp control. that whole you know cleaning versus sanitizing thing uh, I didn't didn't so much understand that. Well, you
3: do now though?
6: I do now. But you got to
3: own your past, my friend, in order to move forward in your life.
6: All right, what well, 10 years? There you go. That's right. Cuz JP can't get away from his.
4: I can't do what? 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 <laughs> well, own oh, the bad hairstyles you had. You got to uh, do it 12 oh, years ago. Or... No, no,
3: I had great. I, I had great hair, don't worry about it. I had a, I had a mullet, like a yeah. rat tail going in high school. It was really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, high button shirt. It was awesome. I looked really good.
4: Business from. in the front, party in the back. <laughs>
3: I'm pretty sure it was just business in both sides, but <laughs> whatever. Um, all right. Well, Jason, you have a double IPA in front of us,
4: correct? I do. All right. I've crossed out the word imperial and wrote double. <laughs> I did.
6: Have you brewed this style before? I've, I've done it once before, yes.
4: How did
3: you enjoy it? Obviously uh, enough to do it again, right?
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it came out pretty well the first time. I tweaked just a couple things. Um, I, I I like it this time as well.
4: Okay.
3: All right. Um. So, Brian, why don't
4: you? Uh, start Was us there off a here, certain buddy? Imperial IPA that you were trying to emulate when you? uh
6: yeah, yeah. It's it started out as kind of a mashup between um, an old Pliny Pliny the Elder uh, recipe that I found and uh, Br- Jimmie's Brewing Classic Styles, which my understanding is pretty close to a Pliny as well. And then I just kind of um, changed things up a little bit, especially with the the hops. Tried some new hops I wanted to try and whatnot.
3: Cool. What, what hops were those?
6: Uh, Zythos actually okay. at the time I, I was really interested in trying that so uh, about a third of the dry hops are Zythos
4: okay yeah so uh, well in the in the aroma of this beer there is uh, a lot of a lot of hop aroma it's a it's a big uh, kind of garlic and onion festival in there with the uh, <laughs> I would some, go to that some citrus and pine uh, supporting there but uh, yeah it, it's, it's an interesting hop choice I'm, I'm you're baffled. There's, there's, a, yeah, there's a lot going on there with the hop, and it's it, it does have like some of the elements of those, uh, you know, the CTZ kind of hops that that have that kind of garlicky element to them, and that's mostly what's there. So yeah, um, I haven't used cytos a lot, but uh, yeah, that, it it might be in that family. I'll have to look it up. There's <laughs> some uh, kind of like lightly vegetal under- undertones in there too, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if the hops were extremely fresh or if they were aged, uh, if, uh, but uh, it tasted like sometimes oxidized hops present themselves a little differently. But I think I was I was struggling to find that that garlic or you know to put my finger on what I was tasting there as far as the thing. And then it's like just once I hit garlic and onion, it's like that's what it was. Yes, <laughs> um, <clears throat> the malt aroma is low and a little caramely in there. Um, definitely some alcohol evident with some kind of pear and peachy, like esters, um, you know, nicely fruity, medium, kind of medium high on the esters. There's a lot going on. It's, it's not grassy or resiny or extremely like American citrusy, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of garlic and a little bit of caramel in there. So it's interesting. Um, it has a nice, nice amber color and, you know, fairly, fairly clear, a little bit of hop haze, which is acceptable for the style, um. Uh, Poured a large, fluffy, off-white head stuck around pretty well. Um, the bitterness is clean and and medium-high. I think you know the bitterness is in a good place for this beer. Yeah, to I think me, so. to me, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't bump it up any higher. Um, the malt is caramely, pretty pretty pleasant. It has some kind of lightly bready notes underneath. The um, yeah, the, the hot flavor is again kind of garlicky and oniony um and you know maybe a little bit muddled but the the um the alcohol is kind of medium high but not hot it's clean and smooth it's not it's not biting or harsh or something that's going to give you a headache um it finishes kind of medium it, it finishes up a little bit sweet for the style and has a kind of a, a bitter hop aftertaste to it the hops are, are very intense in this and it's a bold hop choice so <laughs> um it's standing out very well, and uh, it you know the flavors are 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 prominent. Yeah, uh, in the mouthfeel, had kind of a it had a medium full body with a pretty big alcoholic warmth, um, bit of hop astringency there, uh, but not really distracting. it. that's okay for the style, um, you can have a little bit of that going on, but as long as it's not too intense, um, not very creamy. Uh, carbonation is medium high. That's okay to style too. Um, it's a pretty overall. this beer, it's a pretty good base recipe, I'd say. The the, the beer did. Um, I I would say it suffered a bit from ingredient choice, a little bit, because I'm just not crazy about this hop. And then again, there I have to be careful about bringing. I have to be careful about bringing personal preference in on this, <laughs> because I really don't. If it's just a garlicky, and oniony hop. I want to if I'm using something like that, and I'll use it. I'll blend it with something different, uh, with a bright citrusy hop, or you know, something with a big fruity, like lemony or grapefruity character to it, and let the flavors play off each other. It's kind of a one trick pony as far as the hop, hops go. There I have to say, but um, you know what's what's there is good, and if you're if what you're going for is a big oniony onion, garlicky. Uh, hop presentation, you you got it, <laughs> and it's you know style wise it's it's pretty well in there for a lot of a lot of um, the a lot of the attributes of the beer. So, um, but again, just use the freshest freshest hops you have available to you, as I always would say. But uh, you know maybe up the citrusy and uh, uh, characters like that, the the resiny characters and the dry hop that are kind of to me are are kind of key to this style and um you know, use careful fermentation practices too. just keep that yeast happy so it would dry it out a little bit more and pitch a plentiful amount of, of us uh, from a starter or multiple packets. So, you know, really,
6: so I, I actually um, it actually fermented down more than I expected. It, it okay. actually ended at 1010. At 10, OK, which, um, yeah, the, depending upon the recipe, it was it, the aim was about 1014 and it, it went it went down to 1010. 10, so it's actually so it's
4: pretty, actually, it pretty dry. I've, yeah. that's my okay my perception's a little off on that then, so it's like there's so much going on flavor wise too <laughs> that I think it has the perception of some sweetness in there maybe it's coming from some of the the fruity esters that are in there so uh thank you for uh setting me straight on that though <laughs> that's cool i I gave the beer a twenty nine I think it's it's a it's a good beer um and um I would just you know some make some adjustments to it and um get the you know, especially with the hops, I guess, um, just kind of get it, bring in more more balance and different flavors in the hop character to make it more so, interesting.
6: Yeah, so there's actually um, six different hops in here. So the Zythos was just the dry hop, and it was yeah. just a third of it. it the, the The thrust of it are Simcoe, Columbus, Centennial, kind of the sea hops. So yeah. I figured maybe the Zythos being kind of a blend of a lot of sea hops would would work okay. But I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure what's giving the garlic.
4: Probably coming from the the, the Simcoe and the yeah. Columbus. You just used Columbus?
6: Yeah, yeah. Columbus, Simcoe. Yep, Centennial. Yeah. Um, bittered with Warrior and a little bit of Chinook in there.
4: Yeah. We did have a question
3: uh, coming from the chat about oniony and garlicky hops and if that was indicative of them being left too long on the vine. I know we've, we've talked to a couple of brewers in here about, um, especially the sea hops like that that have those characteristics. Uh, the more oniony and garlicky they are, uh, means that they've just been left on the vine too long. But I don't know; mm. I might be getting that muddled. Anyway, it's a question of chat. I don't know if you guys knew about that or not.
2: That one's that one's new to me. I'd, I'd love to you know hear those guys talk about it. I guess I must have missed that show that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not aware of that one, so I, I don't okay. have an answer for it. I, I certainly know that you get that more in some hop varieties than other. They do yeah. ten- Certain hops tend to be very strongly in the onion kind of character. And mm-hmm. Simcoe can go there. Uh, most of the straight sea hops, some of them can. Mostly they're just sort of piney-resiny, but some can get that, yeah.
3: Okay. Lee, what do you yeah. think? What do you think about this beer?
2: Um, for me, um, I thought the the hop aroma, the first thing I got was this big sort of melon and apricot kind of aroma with some citrus and pine. And the oniony didn't come in until a little bit later for me. I got some sweet light crystal malt in there. Um, didn't really pick up any sort of uh, ester character and the ferment, uh, ferment character in there. Um, mostly it was just this sort of big fruity melony bit of onion hop aroma. Uh, big white fluffy head, golden with kind of a darker orange heart it was kind of nice color. Uh, fairly clear, a little bit of haze, but not bad that's okay in this style. You know, especially think you're going to dry hop that much, is almost always going to have a slight haze, so that's cool. Um, strong bitterness, but clean, so I thought that was well done. Uh, big oniony hop flavor leads, followed by a fair amount of that kind of melony hop that flavor that was more in the aroma with some uh, lime rind um, hints to it. <laughs> lime rind. Lime rind. Never, never
3: thought about that before, but I could see it.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, know. it's kind of a classic thing you'll get from a lot of those sea hops, especially hmm. the Centennial um, you'll lime get that rind. sort of character right. lime rind yeah which is not a poem from ireland <laughs> um and some medium malt with a caramel malt flavor to it uh, sort of a light crystal character the balance goes to the hops definitely up uh, there's there's enough malt there to more than make a balance against that in the double ipa sense maybe a little bit of a red berry ferment ester it could be the hops it's hard to say no off flavors i could finish out finish um, was going to the bitter with some coating caramel malt to it. Um, I would say for the mouthfeel, the body was a little bit more than medium body, medium uh, low carbonation. I say the body was you know a step away from rich. It wasn't barley wine like, but it's definitely mm. a substantial body in this. Um, definitely some alcohol warmth, fairly clean, um, not astringent. A little bit of initial creaminess is overpowered by the bitterness pretty pretty quickly though. Leaves a lingering sweetness on the palate. In general, I thought it was actually quite a good double IPA. In in most ways, um, I thought there were some interesting hop flavors in there. Again, I'm I'm not that much a bigger fan of the big onini thing as Brian, but I was picking up these other hops in there as well. So I thought that part was actually pretty well done. The thing for me that made this less than a fabulous IPA, and I, I scored it a 34, so I gave it a pretty decent score. Um, it's a fairly common issue with these beers. I thought it was a little bit too rich and malt for there's too much of this <laughs> caramel malt flavor. I would um I could see that. Yeah, I don't know what you put in here, but it tastes like it has probably some low to mid lava bond crystal malt, um and it's a little bit of a sweet finish mm. even though it seems dry, but it comes across as caramely. So maybe it's like one of these kind of flavor illusions, but it definitely comes across as caramely in the in the mouth. What'd you use, flavor. Jason?
6: Could could carapils do that? Because oh, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So there cara was Pills just a little bit of a, of caramel mod, about one percent of forty and one percent of sixty. But I did use about six percent of the carapils to try and kind of keep some of the body and it, to, while go. I was trying to dry it out.
2: There you go. So carapils okay. is all about leaving extra body. I mean, for right. me, making a double IPA. So um, what a lot of people I know will do when they're making these beers is they'll stay away from anything crystal cara at all. Mm-hmm. And if they want some flavor malts, they'll put in something toasty like some Munich or some biscuit or some Victory or something along those lines. And actually, it's not uncommon for making a beer like this. Yeah, it's big enough, it's going to have plenty of body from the, all the base malt in there. I know a lot of people would be more likely to add sugar to it to thin it out. So it doesn't get into rich barley wine like territory.
6: Yeah, I did that too. It's about four percent of that, but there was a decent amount of carapils.
2: Yeah, I, I think the mm-hmm. carapils won here. That
6: yeah. could so be where the perception yeah, is. I would,
2: I would is, ditch so just... the carapils and maybe those okay. little bits of crystal malt and let it dry out. Let it have that just sort of clean neutral I mean, clean neutral malt backbone. I mean it's it sounds kind of silly, but almost approach it like it was a Belgian triple for the, for the malt recipe. You know, the yeah. Base malt, yeah. a little bit of sugar to dry it out, and then it's all about the hops and just let that run. Hmm. Um, that was all I thought was wrong with it. Um, really, it was just a little bit too rich and sweet-seeming in the finish from the, the crystals. All
3: right. Jason, do you have any uh, follow-up questions for these guys?
6: Um, no, I think that covered it. I, I, you used the word "muddled" at some point. I mean, I guess that that would be a question: is uh, should I try to kind of stick with a, a, a smaller number of hops to try and kind of get away from some of the muddled hop flavors?
4: Well, I think um, you you know you, blending hops is a is a fine art. Um, I I wouldn't sometimes getting using just one is going to get you into trouble because you get too much of the attributes of just that one hop, and it'll just uh, annoy you and you listed a lot of hops that I really like too and it's so <laughs> it's so funny that i 'm just i'm oh, this hop character is so oniony and um, you know but I would blend a few hops and maybe maybe not you know six hops might be a bit much, but uh you know blend a few different hops that you really like and and find the freshest and and best smelling hops that you can get and just i mean sometimes when i 'm making a beer like this i 'll just go through you know the hops I have and just find the ones that that smell the freshest to me and just um, you know, try to blend a couple with different flavor profiles and that w- that will play off each other nicely. But yeah, um, muddled is kind of a just it's it's a, a, a strong t- word. It's a three dollar word. You can yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, you just were using a word. It's a pretty cheap three dollar
6: word, Brian. <laughs> it's, a,
4: well, it's not a ten dollar word, but <laughs> yeah. Or what's I don't know what's that saying?
2: It just it's
6: seems a, like a, there's a fine line between muddled and com- complex. I'm trying to kind of figure <laughs> out that line. I think
2: right. Yeah, well, it can be a hard one to figure out. I mean, for me, if I'm going to start blending hops like this, I really try and think in advance what the aromas and the flavors are going to be like and piece together, you know, I want this kind of a a stone fruity and this much of a citrusy or a piney and just a little note of this oniony stuff just to make it interesting and try to figure out how much of each. And if I like the citrusy piney, well, pick one citrusy piney hop and stick with that rather than two or three. And, you will pick one fruity hop or maybe two if they're a totally different type of registers. I mean, I think about it personally in terms of registers or, like, music where you have different notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and try and get things that are different but complementary that fit together or not maybe two or three different things that are sort of trying to do this, fill the same space. You know, like, you know, putting Centennial and Cascade and Chinook all in the same beer. I mean, not that I haven't done that, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, if you're gonna do that and balance it out against some peachy melony thing and also something oniony garlic, you might start getting in a muddle because you're doing so many things. They if you're can kind of try fight and with, cover yeah. that much territory. I'd pick one stone fruity hop and one piney hop and one the oniony hop and and see how they play.
3: The spectrum's too broad. Right. In other words, for for that
4: kind of stuff, Too I mean, crowded. Yeah, too okay. Crowded. You know, too many if players trying the same thing. Like a yeah. like you make a suicide soda. You know, when you're at the at the at the roller skating rink, say. And you go and you and you have them put, like, all the different sodas together. And it doesn't taste like right. any one soda, but it's all these different sodas mixed together. It doesn't taste like cola. It doesn't taste like lemon-lime. It just it's tastes just like soda. the suicide soda, and it's weird. Yeah. Whereas if you pick a couple distinct flavors and really just blend them in there and, and yeah.
3: Would water have any effect on that? I mean, could he, you know...
4: The water, the water does have a, uh, you know, it does play off the hop flavors and the bitterness in different ways. But, uh, yeah, what... Did you use just filtered water, or uh, what? I,
6: I I typically do about um, half RO from the store, and then um, half charcoal filtered.
4: Okay. And any yeah. any additions of uh, salts? I, I,
6: no, I didn't. I, that's what I was wondering yeah. too—is whether you thought um, a gypsum would would have been a good idea here.
4: A little bit might have
2: helped. It would drive the hop flavor and aroma a little more. It'll also help dry out that apparent sweetness that's in there in the body.
4: It does give the yeah that perception of that dryness.
2: Hmm. Yeah, let's kinda of have kind it, of little a little chalk- bit of having it both to ways it. there.
4: Yeah. yeah, I like that.
3: All right, Jason, is that about it for you?
6: That's about it. Thanks so much. Cool. All right, yeah, thanks Thank for you. sending the beer in, man. Of course. Alright, man.
3: Talk to you later. All right, take care. All right. Cool. All right, well let's uh let's get on this last break here, and then when we come back, we're gonna do our little rundown and uh give our last pieces of advice to everybody, and then we're out of here to brave the wind and the nighttime of Martinez. Dr. Homebrew, wish us luck.
1: That's it. I
0: fellow
7: BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet along with other things we take for granted today like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. tasty Crack
1: Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Look, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality... And Rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House online at Creekmonkey.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're gonna have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew.
3: All right, everybody, it is Dr. Homebrew. I guess that's what you get with nationalized health care, right? You get poured out. But not on this show, everybody. We will drink your beers, and we will tell you to your microphoned face what's going on with them. Uh, so our little recap of the evening, we had... Who was our first guy? I always lose this. John. John. John Ehrman, Beijing Mr. Ehrman. <laughs> I've been doing that ever since his beers came in, and every time I see him, I just do a little Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, we know. Big of- <clears throat> um, he had the Saison, and, <laughs> uh, and uh, the main things we told him were time. Just wait on it. Let that Brett do its thing. It's a little too sweet right now. Just kind of
4: hang out, right?
2: Let it dry out. Let it carbonate up.
4: Well, and the Saison you know, Rue says to do the same thing with their beer. I mean, they, they the brewery. They uh, recommend, you know, aging it, and it's going to be different after ages than when it's fresh. So, you know,
3: have two different beers with one beer. Why not? Um, My personal opinion is get rid of the cardamom, but that's, you know, that's just me. It It may
2: fade, too.
4: It was fairly subtle to me, but it could, you know, it could change, too, when it dries out a little more with that that brett, and it could become more intense, or it could fade along with the, uh, you know, some of the other stuff. Yeah, I don't know.
3: yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to try. I mean, I wonder how that beer will be in six months, eight months. Let's save some, you know. Uh, and then we talked to Jason with his double IPA. He he kind of backpedaled on the imperial on the imperial IPA because.
2: Um. So we defined him into into oh. the whole name into a corner. <laughs> we maybe categorized imperial, him. You know, maybe it's just a Star Wars fan term. You know, they like imperial the stormtrooper IPA. <laughs> right.
3: Um, and the key thing there was just to
4: to get that beer drier, right? Yeah. Dry well, that thing out. It was it. fairly dry. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was a tricky beer because all that car- the 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 carapils in there was giving us the perception of sweetness and um and some, both of us got it.
2: Yeah, some crystal malt on, on top of that giving it that caramelly flavor. So, it came across as sweet.
4: One of the keys to this style is having it be uh the drinkability effect and so I mean, it needs to be something that just like even though it's in, you know, an 8% beer or, or so, it, you need to be able to drink a pint of it in a sitting and not like not have it be heavy like a barley wine this isn't like in barley wine territory by any stretch of the imagination but you know it's it's a little slower drinking beer than I would expect for an Imperial IPA and that garlic and onion was a little distracting to me
3: so when we say dry it out we don't always necessarily mean dry it out it could be a mouthfeel thing with a crystal malts or whatever
4: yeah a combination uh, of things to keep the perception of sweetness down and the, the suggestion for some uh, you know some gypsum to, you know, um, give it a little kind of chalky feel to the... Push the hops. Um, yeah, and push the hops up there a little bit. Uh, and
3: um, then, and the the last thing for that beer was uh, focus your hop blend. Just kind of get a little more dialed in because it, otherwise it can kind of taste all samey and you don't want that, right? Yeah, focus yeah. on a few different varieties there. Yeah.
2: yeah, he'd put, I think, six different varieties in there. And there are definitely <laughs> some interesting flavors, but there's there yeah. almost too much going on. So yeah, the comment was to pick a few hops you might think are complimentary. Plan out how you wanted to balance them out. And go with those, mm-hmm. as opposed to throwing in you know, a half a dozen things that you think are interesting hops. I mean, it's the more things you try to balance out against each other, the harder it is to get it right. So so, I mean, a, you yeah. can get a six or eight or ten hop blend right, I'm sure, but you're, it's going to take a lot of work. Or Falconer's skill flight or all three. Or, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's not an easy thing to do.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's some of the some of the best homebrew recipes are very simple if you look at them, and and just you know one or two malts and one or one hop or two hops. Sometimes you know. Uh so yeah just sometimes simplicity will help it keep from getting too uh too crazy and and too many f- too many flavors thrown against each other. He's
3: really trying not to use the word muddled, isn't he?
4: Muddled. That's,
2: and I can understand that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, I think it's time we get out of here.
4: Okay.
2: Uh, i oh, wanted I'm just, having, just starting to have fun i know oh, yeah. right well yeah. crack a few beers we had a blackout and it's all sorts of fun going on here. it was
3: an amazing time yeah. here. Uh i want to thank our guests jason and john thank you very much guys for sending some beer thank you and hanging out with us especially the late night really appreciate it and uh of course thank you to our sponsor brew You can go to brewtoad.com slash dr homebrew you can read these recipes you can read the score sheets and uh, all that fun stuff. And then, of course, thank you to our main sponsor, Five Star. You can go to five com. Learn all about that kind of good stuff. Five Star, BrewTed, they're good friends. They're good people. And uh, just like you, guys. And, Lee, we forgive you for blacking out. Yeah, Lee. Sorry. We need to work on your drinking. All right, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, if you would like to be on Dr. Homebrew, email myself at jp at com. Eventually, I will get back to you. And uh, what do you get for being on Dr. Humber? Well, you get all this really nice BGCP master uh, judging nonsense. Uh, but more importantly, you get a package from Five Star afterwards. So that alone is worth the weight of postage. All right, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you later. Whoop.